0: So is that it? Don't know anything for sure? We rot in the grave, rot in the ground. Is there a reality that we can look at that is different than that? Is there a place we can look to besides religion? Yeah. You can look to the Bible, and what does the Bible say about our next step? And that's what we're going to get to do over the next few weeks. We're going to look at what the Bible says about... A reality that's different than this. It's unseen. We can't even know clearly. I'll just say that right up front. But yet what we can know can change this reality and make it different, and it can give us a hope for a better day. You know, last Sunday, you amazed me last week. I asked you to write down questions that you had about heaven And uh, right back on this, uh, there's a conference room right over here and there's a a table on it. and There's a stack of connection cards this high. (laughs) Some of them have six questions. You didn't listen to me last week, you just wrote questions. (laughs) All about heaven. And I spent hours this week reading those questions. I read them twice because I wanted to make sure I understood what you were asking. I condensed it down to five pages of questions. five pages of individual questions and I'm going to do my best in this series to answer as many as possible. I guarantee I won't get to everyone, but I will answer as many as we possibly can. You ask questions like what is heaven like? Will I be in heaven? Will my loved ones be in heaven? Will I have memories of earth when I'm in heaven? What will I do in heaven? Will it be boring? And that's what we're do- that's what we're going to talk about next week. What will I do in heaven? Will there be rewards in heaven? We're going to talk about that in week four as we get this whole idea. Will there be rewards in heaven? Are there different levels of heaven? Where is heaven located? Like, can I locate it somewhere on the map so I could find it somewhere along the way? What happens to people before, when they die before Jesus comes back again? That's a great question. I'm going to try to answer that one today. Are we dormant? Are we asleep? Are we aware of what's going on when we're in heaven and our loved ones are here on earth? Um, somebody asked this, what will my job be in heaven? And said, you know, I've got to have one because I need to keep busy. You know, some of you can relate to that whole idea, right? Uh, When we think about heaven, we wonder about all kinds of things. You know, we wonder about, well, what will it be like? Will there be plants? And will there be animals? And actually, I didn't have anybody ask me, will my azaleas be in heaven? Didn't have anybody ask that question at all. But lots of people asked me about pets. <laughs> A lot of people did. And I told you that I knew the answer, and I was going to give it to you. And I am on week three, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, somebody else wrote this. I loved it. I loved how people challenge me this way. I said, answer that pet question every week. <laughs> okay, so I will answer today and week three. We'll talk about the pet question. So here we go. Pet question. Will my dog or will my cat be in heaven? And here's the answer. The answer is, dogs yes, cats no. Okay, there you go. That's the answer. Got it right. Right from heaven. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, okay, here's the answer. Got the answer, though. You know, I was listening to this guy. And he was talking about how... Uh, he was. He and another buddy went to speak to ten-year-olds, and they're talking to these uh, eight to ten-year-olds, and they're talking about heaven. And this guy gives this long theological explanation about whether pets will be in heaven. And finally, it comes to the end. The conclusion was no. <laughs> All these kids are like, <laughs> <laughs> and what my buddy said is, he says he was listening to that. He says when he was in seminary, the professors told them that anybody asks you the question about whether there be pets in heaven, the answer is always yes answer is always yes. Here's how we know. The Bible says that there will be a new earth. On that new earth, it will be planted with animals. Animals, okay? When God made Eden, he planted it with what? Animals. Before he made human beings, he planted it with animals. So we can be assured that in heaven there will be animals. And so therefore, if there are going to be animals, if God wants heaven to be a place of joy that we want to experience, then he's going to have pets there, okay? There'll be pets there. We can just say, God... In my holy imagination, I'm imagining my dog will be there. Cats won't, my dog will. (laughs) I've got two two cats as well as a dog, you gotta know. My cats won't be in heaven. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) So the concept of heaven, you know, I've never seen so much buzz over a series as this one. As we know, we announced it last week, and I just all the cards. I've gotten emails all week. People are talking about it, this whole idea of heaven. You know, even Time Magazine jumped in on what we're doing, okay? (laughs) Time Magazine. They said, hey, they're talking about heaven. We will too. And so they wrote a whole issue on heaven, (laughs) rethinking heaven. Now, I don't agree with everything in this article, but I do agree with the premise. Here's the premise of this article. The premise is, if we thought more about heaven, things would be better on earth. Isn't that true? If we thought more about heaven, then we would make this be a better place. That's the premise of this article. There's a lot of stuff in there I don't agree with, but I agree with that premise. Okay, the concept that we're going to look at is unseen. And so right at the top of your message notes, if you want to grab them out, get these message notes out so you can take some notes today. Uh, 2 Corinthians, the concept, the theme verses here talk about the concept of unseen that we're going to be looking at. Now, unfortunately, you're not going to be like, open your Bible today, because we're going to be jumping all over the place, and we will be for this entire series. So if you want to, you can do that, but all the verses will be here that we'll be using. Now, I just want to give you an alert, okay? An alert for those of you who are highly wired, okay? Just wired tightly. I'm not going to cover every blank, okay? So just, we're not going to cover the whole outline today. I put in more than I could possibly do, okay? Just more than, and you don't want to stay past, you know, 2.30, okay? So, okay, more than I could possibly do today as we go through this. Okay, first of all, Paul says this. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. Because right into those who said yes to Jesus, that's who he's saying to. New Testament, it's written to those who have said yes to Jesus. So when it talks, it's talking about those who have said yes, and they are followers of Jesus. It says, we will be raised up. Celebrated that last week with the resurrection. Now, it goes on to say, this light in momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not into the things that are seen. Where do we spend most of our time looking? Things that are seen, because of you know, the way we are. We're sensual people. But to the things that are unseen, for the things that are seen are transient. So where we spend most of our time looking is transient. It's going to be gone at some point. But the things that are unseen are eternal. So therefore, he says, don't spend all your time looking on things you can touch, feel, smell, taste. Spend your time thinking about and focusing on things that are unseen. So in this series, Unseen, we're going to explore the realities of heaven. See, the Bible makes it real clear that when it comes to heaven, we just don't know it all. When it comes to heaven, we just don't understand everything. You know, it says in First uh, Corinthians, it says that we see as in a mirror dimly. We, 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 aren't, we don't have a clear picture yet. It's foggy, and that at some time, that fog will be removed. That mirror will be cleaned. That barrier will be taken down, and we'll be able to see clearly. Now, it's important, though, that we focus on it because it's going to help us to know how to live today. In fact, these verses that Bob, Bobby read to us earlier from Colossians 3... Uh, talk about this whole idea of where do we focus. It says this, Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, and so once again, he's writing to those who have said yes to Jesus. Since you've been made raised to new life with Christ, set your sights, so would you circle that, set your sights, we're going to come back to that, on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Where do we spend most of our time focusing? The things of earth, our problems, our struggles, our health, our finances, our relationships, the things that are going well, the things that aren't going well, our jobs, our careers, our kids. We spend most of our time focusing on things of earth. But Paul says, no, you must spend time focusing on the unseen reality of heaven. You must spend time doing that. Now, go back to that word you circled, set your sights. That phrase, set your sights, it comes from a word, and that word means... An intense search or quest, an intense exploration to discover, to find out. So he said, not just that you would spend casually some time thinking about heaven, but you would intensely explore, go on a quest to focus on this unseen reality. It's the same word that's used to talk about Jesus Christ when it said that he came to seek and save the lost. So he came to intensely search to seek out those who are lost it describes those who search for treasure Luke 15 searches for a lost sheep or lost coins so Paul is just instructing us he's saying hey spend time commit yourself to an intense focused investigation so that you can have knowledge about what you do know about the reality of heaven now i think some of you are surprised going to be surprised when we go through this based on your questions some of you are going to be surprised about what heaven's like. Your image of heaven is that it's boring. Many people have an image of heaven that it's like cloudy stuff, you know, fluffy stuff, and got blue and fluffy stuff, and we're just like sitting on these fluffy stuff like things, and, and we've got, you know, we're just like, and we're just like bored. You know, it's like, okay, what are we doing here? Some of you look at that and you think that's heaven. You you look at heaven, some of you think of heaven as just one long church service. (laughs) Right? And I'm thinking, what's the problem with that? (laughs) I think I'd like that, one long church service. Uh, In fact, let's just practice that now, okay? (laughs) Oh. See, I know what you're thinking. You know, Dave, I just hate to, you know, I'm going to come, come back a little on this. I know what you're thinking. is Heaven's just going to be one song after another. <laughs> it's one song after another for billions of years that we're going to be singing. And by the way, that might be boring, you know, doing that kind of thing. Well, I'm going to let you on something. We're going to talk about this a lot next week. We will do more than heaven than sing. We will sing in heaven. We will sing with the angels in heaven, but we're going to do more than sing. I'm going to get to teach in heaven. And you're going to listen. <laughs> we're going to get to do the things that God gifted us to do and made us to do. We're going to get to fly. We're going to, maybe. We're going to get to sail and soar, you know, on hang gliding, that kind of thing. We're going to get to ride horses. Somebody asked me, well, I ride horses and I fall. And I said, and they said, it won't hurt me when I fall. And I said, you're right. You know, it's, it's going to be this place that we're going to get to do all these things. It's not going to be boring. Now, this series Unseen is just designed to help us to explore as much as we can in the short amount of time we have, this unseen reality called heaven. Now, I realize I can't even come close to touching it. Can't even come close. And I also knew that you're going to want to know more. I've just been inundated by questions already in the lobby. I know I'm going to get emails this week, several different things. So what I did is I'm going to help out. I've got several books that we put in the bookstore Unfortunately, we sold out of most of them already today, but there's still some available, still a couple that didn't get sold. Um, So you can look at it there. I put a book by Billy Graham. He answers a lot of questions about heaven. I put a book there by Don Piper. He's the guy who wrote 90 Minutes in Heaven. He's also written a book on how to prepare for heaven someday when you get to go there. I put a book there by Johnny Erickson Tata, quadriplegic. She writes about her views about heaven and how she'll be set free from her wheelchair. It's a wonderful book about heaven. I put a book there by Randy Alcorn about heaven, and just different books that you can look at. I put the book by the Burpo kid who said he went to heaven. He's talking about the real heaven, that kind of thing. So there's just different things that you can use and resources that you can have. Now this book by Randy Alcorn, uh, we started today with a bunch of copies. I think we're down to two right now. Uh, we're going to have more next week, and, but if you want to go by, you can give us your name, and we can have one you know, set aside for you next week. I wish that this wasn't hardback, okay? Just heads up. That mean, Hardback means... Hard cash, okay? It just means more, okay? I'm sorry, it's the only, only way they have it. It's hardback. But this is the, the absolute best book I've ever read on heaven. And it's first half's all about heaven, second half, it's answering a bunch of questions that people had and were given to him about heaven. So, what I did, because I knew that many of you'd be interested in this and it created a lot of buzz, I also ordered several of these DVD curriculums that go with the book, or they actually go separate from the book and can be used alone. And I thought, you know what? There's going to be some community groups, and they're going to say, hey, our community group, we'd like to study this. We don't want to just hear about it on Sunday. I know we have message-based homework inside. You can use that. But if you wanted to use this, it really goes along and has another teacher. He gives a DVD series, and he talks about this. So I said, I'm going to make these available. So if you're a community group leader, and you say, I want to lead my community group through this, you can go out to the community group's table, and we have several copies of this, and you'd be able to grab one and use for your group. Now, I also know There are people here who aren't in a community group yet. It's not time. For some reason, they feel threatened about being in a community group. So here's what we did. We want to make this accessible to you. So we were finished with our life skills kind of cycle, except for financial peace. And so we have some open space down at the other end. And so Wednesday night at 6.30, we're going to start this series. For anybody who wants to come, Wednesday night at seven weeks. It'll be finished the end of May and you can come, and you can sit with other people. You can ask questions. You can get more information, and that is also something you can sign up for. So what you want to do in your connection card, if you want to be part of a group that's going to be doing this study, write heaven group on the back, and we'll help you out. We'll help do everything we can this week to help you out. If you want to be part of this down the other end of the building, starting Wednesday night at 6 30, write heaven study. Heaven study, and we'll just help you to know what you would need to get ready to be there as well. And we've just already seen a lot of excitement, a lot of energy, a lot of people encouraged about studying heaven. Now, for the few minutes I have left, I want to focus on the question that was asked most. And that question is, what will heaven be like? What will heaven be like? And I'm just going to do a flyover today. And I'm going to fly over. We're going to look at three aspects of heaven that we know... Our reality that we can count on three aspects of heaven and here's the first one heaven is a real place heaven is a real place it's actually a physical spot that we can go to it's not some kind of existence where we're just mental spirits floating around and we think we're there <laughs> it's actually a real place Jesus says this. He says, there's more than enough room in my Father's home. Now, I'll just stop there for a minute. Some of you asked the great question. Will there be enough room for everybody in heaven? Will there be enough room for everybody in heaven? There's your answer. Jesus says, there will be enough room, more than enough room, in my Father's home. If this were not so, what I've told you, is I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now, Jesus deliberately chooses physical words... To describe heaven, the reality of heaven. He says it's a place, it's a home, he says it has rooms. You can go into those rooms, you can sense it, you can feel it. Then look at what John says about heaven in John 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. So we got earth is real, right? There's going to be a new earth. That's going to be real. It's going to be made. We're going to be able to go to this new earth. We're going to be able to, you know, sense it, feel it, smell it, taste it. All the things that we do, look at it. Uh, The beauty of it. We're going to be able to do that. It's actually a real place. And the sea, it says, and the sea was also gone. Now, when I first read that, I was disappointed. I I don't know. I I think some of us think we're going to be disappointed in heaven. I was thinking, whoa, there's not going to be a sea there. I love the ocean. And then what I understood about it is a lot of revelation is written with symbolism. And this does not mean, because later, if there's a new earth, there has to be a sea, right? There has to be an ocean. This does not mean there won't be an ocean. What it's saying is there, the sea represents chaos. It represents chaos. That there will, it will be a place that's chaos-free. Wouldn't we all like to sign up for that place, right? Chaos-free. And then it says this, And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. So the picture here, the picture here is this, is that there's this moment in time when this clouds part and this holy city comes down from the new heaven down to the new earth. And whether it plants itself in the new earth, we don't know. Or whether it hovers over the new earth, we don't know. But the idea is this. The Bible says that it is a 1,500-mile square cube this new city, 1500 miles square cube Other people, much smarter than me, have figured out what this means. 1500 miles square cube So what that means is if a story, like a five-story building, 20 feet per story would be 100 feet. So what that means is a 1,500-mile-high cube, that it would be 396,000 stories high, beyond our imagination, right, our building and fathom. huge. 396,000 stories high, and it would be as wide as half of the United States. That's how big it is. Now, I figure everybody has a little condominium in there. (laughs) You can get a lot of people in there. Now, here's the deal. Some of you think about that, and you're thinking, I I don't want to go to a city. I moved to Grass Valley to get away from the city. (laughs) You know, Nevada County, I don't think that doesn't sound like heaven to me. Here's the deal. You can be wherever you want. The new earth is available. You can come. You can go. You can be in the city, if that's what you want, the city and everything that's there. Or you can go wherever you want. It's heaven, and it's physical. You can feel it. You can touch it. You can taste it. You can smell it. It's going to be an awesome place for us to be. So think about this now, okay? Think about this new earth. Think about what you love about earth now. And I thought about some scenes, some places I've been. I, the ocean, one of my favorite places to go. Bill able to watch the waves crash and certain waves I call laugher waves because the, waves, the water bounces along the top, and that's a laugher wave for me. And it just creates joy inside of me when I see that happen. I think about the mountains. You know, I think about when I go to Sacramento and I come back up the hill, and I'm going through Auburn, and right there where the you know, Forest Service folks have all their beautiful, that beautiful view. And I look across the Sierra there with snow caps, and I go, oh, that's just so— gorgeous and beautiful. Think about Yosemite, waterfalls, and El Capitan, and what it looks like. Death Valley. Death Valley's a gorgeous place to go. The Monterey Bay. I think about all these places, and then I think this. As beautiful as they are to me now, they are in and exist in a fallen reality perceived through a fallen person. Imagine what it'll be like when I'm not a fallen person, and it's not a fallen reality, but it's going to be the real deal the real deal. It'll be brighter, sharper, bolder, more brilliant than we can imagine, and we will be able to touch it because it's a real place. Second, heaven is for real people. Heaven is for real people. It's not for spirit people. It's for real people. See, as much as we like to focus on, you know, what will heaven be like, a big portion of the questions that you asked me had to do with uh, what, will I be, what will I be like in heaven and who will I be with? Who will I be with? I'm gonna come back in week three and cover a little bit more about that. Who will I be with? But I just wanna cover it just a little bit today because it really helps us to know that heaven is a place for real people. Now, what I realized when you asked that question is the most important thing t- to many of you is not the color of the carpet or the wallpaper or what the pavement's made out of. But for many of you, the question is Will my loved one be there? Will my loved one be there? Another question that is in that is What will I be like? Will I be a spirit? Will I have a body? Will people know me? Will they be able to recognize me? Will I look like I do now? Some of us ought to hope for change, right? <laughs> Not gonna look like I do now. You guys going to be, uh, going to get a makeover. It's going to be actually better than I do now. Better in so many ways. So I'll be able to recognize, this is a question many of you ask. Will I be able to recognize the main character's mystery? That I'll be able to go back to and talk to and ask them about their life? Yes. Will I be able to know, uh, and this it even gets more tender now as we get down to the questions. Will I be able to know my son or daughter who died before me? Will I be able to know my baby that I miscarried? Will I be able to know my baby that was stillborn? Someone asked me. Will I be able to know my parents? I've never knew my parents. Will I be able to know my grandpa that I've heard so much about? Will I be able to know my spouse? Will I be able to know? Another person asked, Will I like all the people in heaven? <laughs> what if there's someone there I don't like? and I'll just say, you'll like them then, okay? (laughs) You'll like them. You'll like them. So look at what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians. He says this, For we know that this earthly tent we live in is taken down. That is when we die and leave this earthly body. Okay, so the earthly tent, that's our body. Okay, so we die, we leave this body, and then we will have a house, a physical, a house in heaven. We're going to have another body in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God. Now, we get all confused about this whole idea about what are we, how are we going to be, what's our existence going to be like in heaven? So there's some folks think that my existence in heaven, that I'm just going to, you know, I breathe my last breath and that my spirit leaves my body because these are just tents and these tents will go away. Uh, in fact, these tents will be resurrected someday uh, to be with my spirit. But at the moment that I breathe my last breath, then my spirit leaves this tent and it leaves this body. That's why I could say to you last week when I was talking to you about, Uh, the hope we have of heaven that I've stood beside my dad's grave, my father-in-law's grave, my wife's grave, the first wife that I had that died in the car wreck, all stood beside their holes in the ground, caskets beside them, and didn't have to think that they were there and could live with the hope and the reality that they weren't there, that they were in heaven. They were immediately with God. So when we are taken from this physical body, if our spirit is taken out, then, how will people recognize us? How will people know if we're just a spirit? Will we be floating around? Will it be like some kind of like, um, you know, place where I don't know anything and, and I'm stuck in some way? Uh, that I just exist as a spirit? No. Here's what the Bible indicates the Bible indicates that when I take my last breath and my spirit leaves this, that I immediately go into the presence of God. I immediately go into the presence of God. And that somehow, some way, that God gives me a new body. It's a recognizable body that people would know. How do we know that? We'll read the biblical accounts of when people were in this place with God and they came back. People knew them. People knew Elijah when he came back. Uh, and other counts when they would look from heaven to earth, they would know. There would be physical signs. So somehow God gives us a new body, but it's not our final body. It's a body we get to have in the time between when we take our last breath and Jesus Christ comes in the eastern sky and our physical bodies are then resurrected and our spirits are brought back in union with and then we now are in heaven forever in eternity. So both ways, it's a physical body. Both ways, it's a body that God has given, he's created. So this makes me... Think about another question people ask. People ask me, okay, Ron, what about cremation? You know, does that, like, make it impossible for me to be resurrected again in my body? And, um, you know, as nearly as I can tell, here's the answer to that question. If God can make me from nothing the first time, (laughs) God can make me from nothing the second time. Nearly as I can tell. That would be my answer to that question. And so, you know, immediately, when I take that last breath, what starts to decay? This starts to decay anyway, and it turns to dust. There's nothing left of it. And so it's just dust. And so in many cases, then God's going to say, I'll take what was, and I'll recreate it into your heavenly body, your resurrected body, and you'll be reunited. Well, what does that look like? What is that like? Well, look at what 1 John says. 1 John says, we are already God's children, but He has not shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But, We do know we will be like him. So therefore, we do know that we will be like Jesus. So therefore, if we go to the gospel accounts, when they talk about the resurrected Jesus, then we can get an idea about the body that we'll have in the resurrected state, the body that we'll have. So here's what we know about Jesus. We know that people knew him. As they saw him, they knew him. So that they could recognize him. So we know that people will know us when they see us in heaven. We know that people could touch Jesus. That they could actually physically put their hands on him. We know that he ate. I love that part. (laughs) Other people ask me, will there be chocolate in heaven, Ron? Will there be chocolate? And they ask me, can I eat all I want? Will there be calories in heaven? I don't know. You know, it's just going to be. It says he ate. It says that he drank. He says that you will not eat of this bread or drink of this cup till you are with me again in heaven. He talked. He had relationships. He cared for people. So in heaven, we will have real bodies because we will be real people. People can hold us, touch us, kiss us, caress us, have conversations with us, talk to us, have relationships, all in heaven because we are real people. It says we'll be caught up in the clouds. All of us will be caught up in the clouds to be with him. So, What I want you to do, just for a minute, I want you to think of the person you really want to see again. You really want to see again. And I want you to know that in heaven, you will get to touch them. You will get to give that hug. You will get to say that word, maybe, that you always wanted to say. You will be able to be in a relationship. You'll be able to hold. You'll be able to kiss. You'll be able to have relationship together. Who is that for you that you long to see again? I know for me, right now in my life, right now where I am, right now in this space of life, uh, it would be my first wife. That would be the person I'd be looking forward to seeing first. And then it would be my dad. And then it would be other people who have had strong influence in my life that I'd want to see, that I'd want to be with. Who is it for you? Is it a mother, father? Is it a child? Who is it for you? you will be able to have real relationship, real touch, real kisses with them in heaven because heaven is for real people. Number three, and this is really the most important thing today, heaven is where God dwells. Heaven is where God dwells. So what's going to happen is this barrier between me and God, this cloud, this fog, this veil, it will be torn apart. It will be cleansed. I will be able to see clearly and I will see God as he really is. We only get glimpses of God, glimpses of who God is, but we never get to see who God really is, and we won't until we see him in heaven someday. See, the very best thing about heaven, and some of this is going to freak some of you out when I say this, the very best thing about heaven is not what is in store for me in heaven. The very best thing about heaven is that God is there. That's the very best thing about heaven. Folks, heaven is not for us. Heaven is for God. God made heaven for himself, and he made us to go there to be with him because heaven exists for him. His presence will fill all existence. That we get to be, it's with him. Now, I do to understand that. I want to just tell you my favorite story that really, I think, helps illustrate this whole concept about being in his presence. It's a story about a man named William Dyke. True story. Uh, He went blind at age 10. Later, uh, he grew up and he found a woman that he fell in love with, still blind. He proposed to her and she said yes, she would marry him. And between the time that she said yes, they got engaged until the time of their wedding, uh, that surgeons came to him and said, you know, we've perfected a new surgery that we think would be able to correct your blindness. Would you be willing? And he said, well, sure, but I want to do it before my wedding. And so, you know, like weeks before the wedding, he went under surgery, went under the knife, and uh, they came out. They have no idea if it worked or not yet because it was going to take a while for it actually to settle. So he passed gauze on his eyes, and he says, okay, here's what I want. The very first time, because he believed it worked, he said the very first time that, I want a, that the gauze comes off, I want it to be on my wedding day, and I'm standing there, and my bride's coming down the aisle, and the gauze will be take, taken off, and I want to, the very first thing is to be able to see her. So the wedding day comes. He's at the front of the church. His dad's standing next to him. Music starts. The bride starts coming down the aisle. Dad reaches up, and he's getting ready to take the gauze off. Just as the bride gets to the front, he unlooses the gauze off the back of the bandage. The bandage falls off, and he's standing there like this, you know, because his first time, his eyes are, the light is bright, and he's kind of focused. And then he sees her. And those who are there said this is what happened. He just literally started weeping. He cried for a long time, right at the front of the church. And then he looked at her and he whispered. He said, you are so beautiful. You are so beautiful. And to me, that's the picture of what will happen when we get to go to heaven. Is that the gauze will be taken off. The mirror will be unfogged and made clear. The veil will be ripped in two. And for the first time, we will lay eyes on the holy God. And our only response, I believe at that moment, will be, you are so beautiful. You are so beautiful. Just imagine what that'll be like. Look at what John writes in Revelation 21. He talks about this experience in heaven. He says this, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be, notice this, no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things will be gone forever. Now, doesn't that sound better than sitting on clouds playing harps? (laughs) I think so. Sounds a lot better than doing that. So, when it comes to heaven, I just want to give you some freedom today. Some of you are afraid to do this. When it comes to heaven, there is some room for some sanctified imagination. Sanctified imagination. Ask God, God, help me to imagine what heaven is going to be like. I don't think you can now imagine him. And I don't think he's going to be disappointed in what you might want. Imagine what it would be like. So we're going to listen to what would be, I think, our favorite song. then he's going to come and sing, "I can only imagine what it will be like." So what I'm going to ask you to do is look in the bottom of your notes. One of the questions I received, a lot of people ask is, "How do I know I'm going to heaven? How do I know?" the way I verbalize it in the bottom, it says, how can I experience the reality of heaven? Well, here's the answer. How do you know if you go to heaven? You say yes to Jesus. How do you know? This is how do you know that you will go to heaven? How will you experience the reality of heaven? You must say yes to Jesus. Look at what uh, John 1 says. It says to all who believe Jesus and accepted him. He had the right to become children of God. They are reborn. They are made new. When you say yes to Jesus, that is when you know that you've been guaranteed the reality of heaven. You bow your heads and let's pray. Well, Father, I thank you so much for this promise and this truth and the reality of an existence beyond this place, beyond what we can imagine. And I just thank you for the promise of that reality and that changes our perspective on today. And Lord, I know that there are people in our room now who have never said yes to Jesus, never. and right now they want to they want to nail down their eternal reality with you so if that's you you can just write in your mind say this prayer with me jesus as much as i understand it i say yes to you today i say yes to your offer of forgiveness you died on the cross for me I have sinned and I need you to forgive me. I say yes to your offer of new life. Change me, transform me. Help me to grow as you want me to grow. Help me to live as you want me to live. And I say yes to heaven. Uh-oh. What a picture. God. Father, I pray that He would give each of us the strength to take our eyes off of this reality and to keep our eyes focused on another reality. We look forward to that day we get to be with you.